Welcome to the new Cyber Frontier, bringing you the latest news, trends, and hottest topics that focus on advances in cybersecurity and cyber industry economics. Our expert yet down-to-earth hosts make cybersecurity straightforward. They ask the tough questions and make this challenging topic something that everyone can understand. Our candid approach lets guests open up on topics we would all like to see addressed. You can find us on the web at newcyberfrontier.com. That's www.newcyberfrontier.com. Now join today's host as he introduces the topic for today's new cyber frontier. Welcome to today's episode of New Cyber Frontier. On today, you can see if you're looking at the video, we're going to talk about blockchain and IEEE, which is a big part of it. Uh, and today we have on Jason Roop, uh, who is PhD and the co-chair for the IEEE Blockchain Initiative. And also in his day job, the principal architect at Cable Labs. Jason, welcome today. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you, Chris. Looking forward to talking with you. Definitely. So... Jason and I go back a ways, so you might hear some inside jokes here and there, but uh, <laughs> definitely we're in the same uh, same mud, doing the same work here, and uh, loving every minute of it. But yeah. uh, Jason, give us give us your background, how you got to be where you're at. I know you just didn't start out one day and work for IEEE in the global spectrum. No, I uh, you know spent a lot of time, well, first I got my bachelor's, master's, PhD in uh, operations research, applied math. Uh, and uh, focused on reliability of large-scale systems and networks. Quickly after that, I went to work at U.S. West Advanced Technologies, being the uh, reliability expert for their research and development organization. QuestBot U.S. West, I went into uh, the office of the CTO, spent many years in that until I uh, joined a startup with some friends. We worked on some government contracts built some wonderful networks, made sure that they were highly effective and reliable and did that for eight or so years until I decided to shift gears back into R&D and join Cable Labs. And I've been there about three years now working on proactive network maintenance and reliability problems for the cable industry. And it's been loads of fun. Somewhere along that way, though, um, you know, blockchain became a research topic of mine on the side, became very interested. I saw it as sort of two sides of a, the reliability equation, right? So blockchain as a distributed ledger brings in uh, a certain advantage for the reliability of information. On the other side of that, it's a fairly complicated system. So my background in reliability of large scale systems and networks said blockchain's an interesting problem space for that. So I started doing a little bit of research in that. Long story short, some people that I know in the IEEE got wind that I was looking into this and doing some research and had some things to say about it. They tapped me to be a co-chair for the IEEE blockchain initiative when it got kicked off uh, close to about three years ago now, a um, little more than two and a half. So around October of uh, three years ago, uh, the decision was made that we would do this. We had a workshop. We had roughly 100 or so people out at Virginia and uh, gathered uh, a, a core group of people laid out a foundation for what that work would be, uh, ran it like a like a traditional IEEE organization for a few years. And we got to a point where it was like, OK, we need to do some other things. And so we went to a body in the IEEE called the NIC, a new initiative, 
uh, for technology or something like that is, is what it translates to. But uh, they fund unique projects. And we had a set of unique projects. We handed them a set and said, pick among these and said, OK, we did. We pick them all. And we just sort of did a hard gulp and said, OK, here we go. We need to get all this done. So we gathered our friends and we've got a pretty large group uh, of people who are working on things. But we have a massive work to do. And so hoping others can join the fight. Uh, we've got a lot to do, and I'm sure we'll talk about some of that here. But that's how I got involved in it. Interesting. You know, one other thing that I know people don't understand and where Cable Labs fits into the communications, whatever you're allowed to say about that. Yeah, um, you know, Cable Labs is a nonprofit uh, R&D organization that uh, its charter is to uh, basically solve problems and provide value to the cable industry. We're funded by members, but we've got to serve everyone. So not everyone is a member. But uh, years ago, I think it was Dick Green was uh, basically championing with his peers that there needs to be this existence in the cable industry. And over time, it has expanded its goal uh, based on our board, who are operators of cable companies and what they've asked us to do. And now we are a full innovation research and development organization. And as such, there's uh, some things going on in the blockchain world there as well. Uh, you know, we, and we patent ideas, we uh, build prototypes, and we prove out concepts that help the cable industry really get a handle on where to take technology going forward. You know, now, especially given the COVID-19 pandemic that we're all dealing with, a lot of us are working from home a lot more. We're more highly dependent for both our children's education, our education, and our work. And so our livelihoods, and for a lot of us, are dependent on that uh, network access. And the cable industry is what's providing that for the, the lion's share of the world. If you look across the world, uh, by far the majority of that last mile access is provided by cable industry and cable technology. And that's based on DOCSIS, and that's at the core, at the core of what... Uh, Cable Labs focuses on is, is developing, maintaining, and improving on that doctor's technology. All right, well, let's take a break here from our sponsors. We'll be right back. After mm -hmm. Cyber Resilience Institute helps build strong cyber communities designed to prevent members from attack. Like building a neighborhood watch, it takes coordination and a sharing community to protect our identities and valuables in the virtual world. Typically, we hear that organizations know they need to do something to protect their cyber assets, but don't know where to begin. Let Cyber Resilience Institute help your community create an action plan. Cyber Resilience Institute will build your community or business marketplace so that it is designed to support a collective cyber defense. Contact them for more information at cyberresilienceinstitute.org. Welcome back to New Cyber Frontier. On today, talking to Dr. Jason Roop, the co-chair for the IEEE Blockchain Initiative. And um, before the break, we, we got your background. And I had mm -hmm. to ask about Cable Labs because mm -hmm. I had to look it up whenever you, I first met you. And I was like, what do they do? And, and your mission, it was very interesting. And most people wouldn't know that, that those type of organizations even exist. Um, mm -hmm. But now we're looking. We're talking about IEEE and the the blockchain initiative. Mm -hmm. Tell us what what I mean. IEEE is such a large organization, so much uh, capability. But we haven't heard much. You know, they've been a little quieter the last couple of years. And I'm even mm -hmm. a, a computer engineering background. I've been a member of IEEE for years, 
and uh, even their conferences a little bit narrowed down. What are we putting front and center here to make them an innovation name again? Yep. Um, it's, it's funny you should couch it that way and, and ask that question. Um, it, it's interesting because I think with the pandemic, a lot of conferences have scaled differently. Um, they're not in person right now. For most of this year, it's been that way and will probably will be for a foreseeable future. But what we're finding out with our conferences and events in the IEEE is that uh, people are really liking this remote attendance model. So some conferences quickly scrambled to some of these newer technologies, tried them out, find out they work very well. And uh, so you can now attend conferences at a greatly reduced price do them in the leisure of your home or your office or wherever it is you want to attend from and uh, get the full value out of these conferences. Authors are being able to present. They get their, their pa papers peer reviewed, can present them, can get published. They go into Explore, which is uh, you know an index journal with a high reputation. Um, IEEE has several other journals. Those become avenues for that as well. We are finding that uh, that costs go down and value is going up. And in fact, attendance at a lot of these conferences has gone up. So take, for example, your typical 150 person conference, you know, a small conference, they're seeing closer to 300, 500. We have 15,000 attendee conferences now, um, simply because it's a lot easier to call your employer and say, can I attend this conference? And the answer is, uh, yes, because the cost is only, you know, a couple hundred dollars instead of $3,000 for travel and the 700 for the conference and the food and all the things that come with it, the hotel and everything. So uh, it's interesting that the model is shifting right now. Um, the IEEE has a few very niche conferences that have traditionally been very large and then a lot of very small conferences. Uh, the blockchain uh, conferences that we've had have been either workshops inside of large conferences or small focused conferences and a mix of those that we've been doing. Uh, we had planned a few for this year, but we've done a pivot and a lot of those are going online. Some of them are uh, are going into a different mode even. We're working right now on a blockchain conference that is a completely new model. It is going to be West Coast focused. So it's pretty much uh, focused on California, Oregon, Washington, and all the research corridor that is on the West Coast of the United States, but we'll expand beyond that. And the focus is around blockchain and uh, privacy of medical records. So very, very niche topic, but it's involving lots and lots of companies uh, in the research and development world, as well as lots of, of uh, research and development. So a lot of researchers and universities that are working on this. And the interesting thing about this model is it is a conference that's going to be spread over two to three months. So what we're going to do is um, a, one evening a week for maybe every other week for three months, there will be four hours of, of technical talks, part of the conference, and you register for the conference, and you get that every two weeks in, in those chunks. And it is like a conference, but you just attend it for a few hours every couple weeks, and it will expand over uh, several months. So it's almost like a class, if you want to mm -hmm. think of it like that, too. It's like taking a class. You sign up for a class, you get all the technical content, and when you're done, you know, you, you've got all that, and you can carry that away on a USB or on your computer as all those papers that were presented and the presentations that went with it. And I think it's a really fine model, and we're going to test that out, and we're getting a lot of excitement behind that. So lots going on on the event side. Interesting. So 
IBM or uh, IEEE has always been known as kind of a very deep technical platform. Uh, any are you looking at keeping that growing more in the technical or you know hitting more because the market's changed of a wider brush of participants? Um, the answer to that's really yes. Um, it's both. Uh, so you know the IEEE a few years back started this uh, this organization called uh, Future Directions. And that's where the blockchain initiative was born out of. Future Directions has given birth to several technology organizations. So they'll find a technology that isn't well covered by the IEEE. And they sort of do a trial balloon to say, is this an important technology for the future? Do our thought leaders see this as an important role for the IEEE to step into? Blockchain was maybe the, it was, we, I think we were maybe the fourth one to be created. Uh, but they keep about three or so of these initiatives live until they develop and transition. And we're moving into that transition phase where we're doing our special projects and we'll become our own entity uh, as soon as we choose to be. And uh, we're working on NIC funding right now to solve certain problems in that space. But that's sort of carrying us forward. And at some point, we'll just declare what we are. And just like a lot of these other groups, we might become a technical council or a special interest group or something like that, or even a society. Uh, we'll probably become a special interest group or a council, most likely. Uh, but, you know, that's that's kind of where the IEEE looks at things. And they'll look at a technology and make sure that if the IEEE has an important role to play in the development of that technology and to help it benefit humanity, then they'll make a choice. Do we put the race resources behind it? Blockchain was one of those that they saw as very important. Uh, you know, blockchain is, is an interesting technology because I think if you spend a little bit of time, you can understand it immediately, but you can also understand that it's very complex and has a lot of moving parts and has a lot of potential. Uh, and as such, there's a lot of work to do and a lot of attention needs to be given to that technology in order for it to benefit humanity. Well, that's what we're doing. Um, a good part of the initiative is focused on our work around building the IEEE to be able to do good job with these technologies, blockchain specifically, but also another half of what we're doing with that NIC funding is around developing transactive energy so that we can show that blockchain has that capability to allow transactive energy to be uh, a solved problem, one that can be utilized by anyone anywhere, and uh, therefore adding intelligence to the grid and a local level and maybe even a broader level. Uh, and uh, so that's going to benefit humanity by being uh, bringing in that efficiency and that ability to uh, to bring in the, the transactions on a, of uh, energy production and usage. Interesting. So we're going to take a break here from our sponsors, but when we come back, I have a couple questions about, um, you know, some starts that I saw in blockchain. And what are um, those, you said trial balloon, I was just mm -hmm. curious, and, and we'll talk about when we come back, about what other things has kind of fit this category and how has IEEE supported them. Be right back in a minute.
Welcome back to New Cyber Frontier. On today, talking to Dr. Jason Roop, the co-chair for the IEEE Blockchain Initiative. Um, and we were talking before the break how that blockchain has been kind of picked, you know, picked by the IEEE as one of the future technologies. And you know, your background is mathematics. Do you consider yourself a cryptologist? Oh, no, I, I didn't focus too much on cryptology, enough to understand it, enough to uh, do analysis of it, but I'm not, an, I'm not inventing any <laughs> crypto an analysis tools or anything like that. I, I don't really work on that that deeply. Um, I've written some material on it for textbooks, and that's about the extent of it, and I utilize it, of course. And that's about it. Yeah, the reason why I, I proceeded with that question is because I talked, I had a, a conversation, you know, I talked to everybody in cybersecurity for the most part, with one of the most well-published cryptologists of our age. Um, multiple books out there, I won't mention the name, um, mm. but I, I told him that I was do, working on blockchain governance as my dissertation work. Mm -hmm. He turned around and walked away. <laughs> So the take from, we'll say, some of the most mainstream cryptologists, and I heard it at the same RSA conference in their panel of cryptologists, they were asked, well, what do you think of blockchain? And all of them on the panel said, you know, we haven't given that too much attention. We think it's just an application shoot off and it's not really got any, no, nothing new there. So we're not interested, was basically mm -hmm. what they said. Yeah. So it, it almost seems like the deep technical crowd has not been the early adopters to blockchain because of that. And you said earlier, and i totally right, when I refer to it, I don't call it blockchain, I call it distributed mm -hmm. ledger, because I don't want to be identified with cryptocurrency. Yes. And that's the immediate connection people make, and that's the, what right. has to be untrained and unlearned. Because the 99% of people who adopted this quickly saw the business, the social use of it, and jumped on board without having a, a technical you know, connection or background, or even right. the early platforms aren't technically sound. They just are socially a need that something has. So how do you feel about that? I mean, now, is there more adoption from this cryptologist, from the technical crowd? Is that what we're seeing with kind of this coming out almost? Yeah, that's an interesting question. Uh, and we've been sort of observing and collecting information on that for a few years now. Um, I would say blockchain is, uh, you know, it's, it's a term that we use for the name of the initiative. Uh, I sort of champion for it to just be a distributed ledger technology initiative. Uh, that's a bit of a mouthful. So we went blockchain essentially, but yes, we are sort of, uh, I guess, you know, hindered a little bit with that term because the initiative has had uh, since day one uh, the position that we don't spend any time on cryptocurrency. Uh, cryptocurrency is perhaps an interesting application, but it isn't the focus of the technology. And we are focused on the technology side of it. Mm -hmm. Cryptocurrency is very much an application, and there are a lot of applications, particularly in um, you know transactions of value and. You know, transactive energy is an example of that. The energy is of value and handling the transactions of that energy is something that we are working on actively, but it's not a cryptocurrency issue. Uh, cryptocurrency had a lot of hype around it. We wanted to escape the hype and we wanted to focus on the technology. I think that distributed ledger technology, if you first scratch the surface, say, give it a few minutes to understand what it is, you see the cryptocurrency aspects of it and you say, oh, 
That's what it's about, but that's wrong. You dig in a little deeper, you spend a little more time, you understand, oh, there's this distributed ledger technology. It's rather complicated. There's communication networks involved. There's uh, a lot of computation involved. There's information management and sharing. And there's even how do you handle transactions? How do you handle security? How do you handle signing of the information that's there to validate and to prove that it is uh, legitimate information? There are operational challenges. There are societal challenges. And you realize very quickly that it is a highly complex problem space that on the surface appears very simple. And I think a lot of crypto analysts at first would look at this and say, oh, it's an application space. They're going to use what we do, but we don't need to worry too much about that. To a certain extent, that's probably true. But that, I think, dismisses the fact that we need intelligent people to really give this problem space a real serious amount of work mm -hmm. because I think we've got a lot of work to do to make it very secure and safe, safe and stable. Whereas what we're experiencing right now is there's distributed ledger technology throughout our lives and people will go through a day and maybe touch it several times and not realize it that even it, it affects their lives. It is in so many aspects of our lives today. Uh, FinTech uh, has it throughout. There are uh, mechanisms that are handling transactions through blockchains behind the scenes that people are not aware of. Chances are something you've done has touched a blockchain. And if you are concerned about privacy, security, and making sure that, uh, that your interests are carried forward reliably, securely, safely, uh, then this is a problem you should pay attention to. It's one that you should want resources to be put toward. And that's what we try to do with the initiative. Yeah. Interesting. So you had mentioned transactive energy being mm -hmm. the, the key focus. And I've seen that in a lot of the, the events mm -hmm. that you've held around here, both in, in uh, Denver and Colorado, University of Colorado um, and uh, Denver University and some other, other mm -hmm. events. But um, also privacy. And we had talked about that before. And tra transactive energy, a big part of that is privacy. Because yes, it is. the transaction, though it needs to be provable, the individual that made it or the utility use of it needs to be private mm -hmm. because there's that balance there. So where do you see and, and, and explain that need and design kind of using blockchain and privacy and where you see that moving? Sure. Um, anything that's going on to a distributed ledger by the nature of the fact that it is, you know, the information is in the ledger and you just distributed it. Uh, in my mind, you kind of made it simpler for the hacker because uh, you just put it out in several places. It's easier to obtain. So their job is not only they don't have to break in to get it anymore. They just have to decrypt it. They just have to uh, make sure that they can, uh, uh, you know, translate it into a usable form. Uh, so if you've got important information that you're putting on, onto a distributed ledger technology of sorts. You want to make sure it has all the proper levels of security and privacy enabled within it. Uh, blockchain is a broad space and there's a lot of technology and a lot of choices for those implementations. And I think there's a lot of work in uh, that, that's yet to be done in understanding, first of all, the reliability and security risks of these technologies, which are very complicated, multi-layered, and really are a conglomeration of many different technologies involving computation, data storage, data at rest, data at motion, uh, communication networks, uh, people 
Um, so just, you know, operational with in terms of human interaction with technology and human to human contact and the security aspects of all these issues come into play here. So very complicated issue, one that I think needs a lot more than attention than it's been given. And I don't care if you're if you're doing transactive energy, uh, dealing with medical records, uh, trying to understand how to utilize blockchain to secure the supply chain for farming. All these aspects are very important for information integrity and security and the privacy of that as well when humans and uh, strategic information become involved. You know, even if it's not a human, even if we're talking about, uh, you know, the supply chain of, of uh, food pr uh, processes, that can, the security of that information could be very important because food is, is important. Um, privacy is important for transactive energy as in any aspects of uh, working with distributed ledger technology because no matter what you've got on that there is some aspect of it that you may or may not even predict where the privacy of that information could be very critical we worry about it from a transactive energy perspective simply because we recognize that the adoption of this technology has to come with it a certain level of assurance and because the IEEE has, uh, and our initiative has within our future plans, being able to certify these technologies for applications with transactive energy being a key among them and the first that we're going to aim for, uh, we need to be able to prove these things. And we need to be able to demonstrate them in a way that, uh, that enable and confer trust with the technology. So that if we say, okay, this is a solution for transactive energy, we not only have documented it and shared it as an architecture for everyone to use and then develop from, but we've also demonstrated it. And here's an, a use case where we've applied it. Well, we can also certify to that too, to say, if you've got a solution you believe is meeting these criteria, we'll certify against that and provide that. So I think it's important that we actually solve a lot of these issues that we take privacy serious as a part of this transactive energy equation so that we can do all the other things too. No matter what the, the information, there's some level of privacy that needs to be adhered to. Awesome. Well, and how would, uh, if somebody wants to get involved with this effort, what do you need help with? Uh, how would people reach out to you? What kind of programs are you looking for staffing? Yep. Uh, you know, it, IEEE is a volunteer organization, so we need volunteers all the time. Uh, we've got really, really high set goals with this initiative. We have our NIC funding, which is going to enable us to do a lot of things, but a lot of that is going to depend on the input and help of volunteers. Half of that funding roughly is focused over the next three years on developing the tools and technologies within the IEEE to enable these technology-based groups like the Blockchain Initiative to thrive and do great. We built a lot of that. We know what will work. We've proven the concepts, but now we got to build the tools to enable that and then help the other technology-based organizations in the IEEE take full advantage of that too. A lot of them don't have what we have, which is 40 plus organizations throughout the globe who are working on various projects around, around blockchain and, and uh, distributed ledger technology. And then some of them are coming to play in the medical space, some are coming to play in our transactive energy space. Uh, Denver section is one of those focused on transactive energy, and we've got some people who work within that space. And the other half of that NIC funding at the initiative level is in transactive energy with some, uh, with some future direction toward developing solutions for certification or qualification of the blockchain uh, solutions that 
that uh, everybody comes up with. So we want to be able to certify those and validate and verify them as uh, solving certain problems and being, uh, uh, you know, conformant to that. But the blockchain uh, work right now along transactive energy, we have some working groups. Some are already formed, some are forming. Right now, we're laying a foundation for in the form of a white paper and an architecture that is uh, how transactive energy energy should be done. Uh, we also are relying and connecting with and continuing to work on several different groups that are working groups in the uh, IEEE standards organization. Uh, standards organization was one of the key sponsors for getting the blockchain initiative kicked off three years ago. And we continue to work with them on some of our projects. Now that we're turning our attention to transactive energy, there's a working group focused on that too. A lot of those people are involved in our work around the white paper and the architecture and the solution development that we're doing on transactive energy. And we've got some funding that's going to help us along, but we do need those volunteers to make sure we go in the right direction. And especially if you're working in this space, your input is highly relevant, highly valued and highly important. And we need to get you involved. Getting involved is easy. You just go to blockchain.ieee.org. There's a link at the top. You can see all the things going on. Feel free to spend time, explore, see all the elements that are, that are going on with the initiative. But there's a link up there to join the initiative. And you can click on that and be a, a part of the initiative. And you can get plugged in that way. There's all sorts of places to contact and to get plugged into on that website. But the simplest way is if you just want to reach out to the initiative, you can get a hold of me. J-R-U-P-E at IEEE.org and say, you know, hey, I'm interested in working on whatever aspect of the blockchain initiative. You know, go to the website and see what we've got going on. If it's something you want to plug into, you can use that when you contact me or contact through the website. Or if there's something you think we're not paying attention to that we should, you can let me know or contact us on the website to do so. Um, lots of ways to get involved and we'd love to have you involved. There's work going on with our technical group at the Denver level, within the Denver section. There is work at the initiative level. Uh, there are several societies in the IEEE that help at the initiative level and at the local level. So many, many ways to get involved and to, uh, and to make a difference. And that's what it's really about. All right. Well, thanks so much for joining today. It's been a pleasure. And definitely yeah, looking forward you, to Chris. Love talking touch. to you always. All right. Have a good one. Take care. Thank you for listening to New Cyber Frontier. Remember to follow or like our post and circulate each new show to your networks. We keep you informed, bring you the latest news, explore new trends, and find the hottest topics. With New Cyber Frontier, you don't have to be a computer or cybersecurity expert. Just get plugged in. We encourage you to get involved. Tell us what topics interest you and join our mailing lists. You can find us on the web at www.newcyberfrontier.com. That's newcyberfrontier.com. Check out our previous interviews and please let us know if there are any topics that you would like to hear discussed. See you next time on New Cyber Frontier.